episode 443 of film bastards where's episode 442 you ask i don't know we don't know where is it (laughs) do you know you know don't you you fucking tell me um my name's ian loring and as always i am joined by matt foster hello everybody i'm becky foster hello everyone oh oh sorry i was thinking do i say and then or do you guys say and and it was like no, you guys say and, I think. I was waiting for you to say and, but then I just thought... Yeah, no, or it. do I say and? Yeah, all right, well, no, yeah, different. And! <laughs> um, sorry. Um, uh, so, uh, on this week's show, uh, Mark and I have entered a new era. We're leaving Becky behind. <laughs> as we take like on... Are you kicking me out? Well, we've... We've entered the new era. Yeah, so, new era. You know. a, a new era. Um, the only film, the only thing of note, not only out in cinemas, but on like anything this week. There's nothing really on Netflix, nothing on Amazon Prime, nothing on Disney Plus, nothing on fucking Roku Channel. Um, so we entered the new era. Mark and I are reviewing Downton Abbey: A New Era. Um, which will probably be the least ratio of listeners of this show to people who have watched the film that we'll ever have. <laughs> yes. There's a possibility. Um, we will be the only people who have watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't think it, I definitely don't think any of my audience were film bastards listeners, I tell you. Um, uh, just like before we we move on, um, I had I had a very fun experience watching it because there was this fucking woman behind me, and God love her. Um, there was an ad for that new Julia Roberts um, show, Gaslit, and at the end it says only on Stars Play, and she goes, she just whispers to her friend, "I wonder if that's on Netflix." I was, oh, bless you, bless you. <laughs> And there is there is a twist in Downton Abbey, where when there is was a line, she literally went, "Oh!" <laughs> she was so into it, and she was really chatty during the ads and the trailers. I was like, "Oh God, am I in trouble here?" But no, she was fucking wrapped up in the in the majesty of Downton Abbey, a new era. Um, so. We're going to be talking about that. We'll talk some movie news, uh, trailers. We got listener questions, and uh, I mean, I've, I've got a good chunk of what we watched. I'm assuming you guys probably um, do as well, because uh, uh, we we haven't recorded in a week and a half. And the last time we recorded, we talked about Basic Instinct, and then um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> we don't know what happened. Do you? No one knows what happened. Don't know what happened. Who knows where episode four four two went? I don't. Um, so, uh, talking about Basic Instinct and Showgirls, which we just recorded half an hour talking about Showgirls, um, patreon.com forward slash filmbastards, uh, $2 a month gets you this show early and weekly bonus content where at the moment we are, uh, barreling through our Paul Verhoeven marathon. Uh, we have two more to record and then we will be doing a new marathon. Um, 
will announce it. What? Secret marathon. Secret marathon. Yeah, we will announce it in a couple of weeks. Um, but it's going to be fun. So, uh, we are a pod syndicate podcast. To know who else is, Tintroker versus Punter, Entertainment Landfill, The Iron Sequel, His Film, Her Movie, The Rewatch Project. Those are podcasts. We recommend those podcasts. And they are part of the Pod Syndicate Network, as are we. We! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, um, let's talk some mother news mother news mark do you have any mother news any movie news oh um, becky i don't know why i said uh, mark <laughs> no <laughs> no one has oh, oh, yeah, movie no, there is news first bit, oh um justin lynn has left fast 10 fast 10 yeah and has been replaced by louis leterrier Yeah, disagreements with Vin Diesel, apparently. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, apparently, Uncle Vin and uh, Mr. Lynn did not get on. Uncle Vin and Mr. Lynn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Was it, though? I, I, well, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Uncle Vin and Mr. Lynn. Yeah, fair enough. You'd have to live with it. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Um, it's interesting, this, isn't it? Like, one week into production, and the director who co-wrote the fucking film walks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is heavy, we're going in a direction I don't agree with. Vibes. I think it goes further than I don't agree with. I think it it's to the level of we're going in a direction I can't agree with. <laughs> I was reading something that was saying that it was because Vin Diesel has been really difficult on the set and not learning his lines. And I, so I read that right now. I feel like this franchise is his life. A few, people have, a few people have said that, that Vin Diesel can be quite difficult to work with. Yeah, I can, I can but see But nobody's that. ever questioned his professionalism. No. No. You know, and I just... I, I don't get that vibe from him. Difficult to work with, mm. yeah. But turning up for late and not learning his lines and bits like that, I'm just not... That suggests that something has changed in the core of Uncle Vin. I mean, one of the accusations I read as well is that the core of Uncle Vin is currently full of ice cream. That that one I Um, could believe. (laughs) Yeah, Uncle Vin. That one I could believe that that he's he's hit like fifties and he's struggling to shed some of the time off weight. Yeah, (laughs) some of his his lockdown weight. (laughs) I mean, are we all? Yeah. It just once once these films are done, though, it's going to be interesting to see what what he does. Like it, it feels like the time where you could have Finn Diesel Fespian is maybe done. I mean, like he was in Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, you know, and that wasn't that long ago. But he's he's coming 
a bit too close to self-parody for me. He's I I I have a feeling after number ten is number ten the last one or is it? Are they doing another one? It's like two parts, but yeah. So so there's this, this but it's going to release over two parts. So I yeah. think that we might end up seeing another Riddick film. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say no to another Riddick film. Because it, it's going to be that or another Triple X, which apparently is still a, a strong possibility. Hmm. But he's it, it, one of those with Vin Diesel where you just you wouldn't be... It isn't going to be anything new. And like Ian says, it's not like he's going to end up in like a... He's not going to be like a Sandler and doing like a Safety Brothers movie or anything like that. <laughs> he might do. I just don't think he will. Tarantino might cast him and then he'll be like a... But big something big. like that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> with with Vin. He seems to be... He seems to be, he seems to be both very popular and just kind of not popular at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He's such an odd character. He's... It's almost like he's got it, it, the, the fast films are so make so much money, yeah, and the fast universe makes so much money, and they know that he holds so many of the fucking keys. They're not acclaimed, though, are they? I think I don't, they're not. They're not. They're not unacclaimed now, though. They, they they get, you know, they're not like the first two, where it was just um, fucking people in Saxos who, <laughs> you know, drive around McDonald's car parks, watch them. Yeah. You know, they're massive fucking yeah. movies now that get four and five star reviews in, you know, in publications. Yeah, I mean, five, six and seven... Like that, those three seemed to really hit the mark mm. in terms of actually getting like decent critical reception. Like eight got like it, you know it was just like okay, it's getting a bit too big now. It's really obvious that the Rock and Vin Diesel don't get on um, the, the soap opery kind of aspects. And then Fast Nine was, I mean, it made like seven hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. Um, which, as one of the first big post-reopening films, is a, like a, a, you know a big deal. But it was still the lowest-grossing since Fast Five. Mm. Um, and there's there's a lot of pressure on this. Like apparently, the budget on this one is squeaking close to three hundred million dollars. Like three hundred million dollars, and okay, if they release two parts, you're gonna like the combined budget of the two will not be six hundred million dollars because you know you're shooting two films. At least I assume they're shooting two films because it's one's gonna be released, then one's gonna be released the year after. Mm. Um, but it these films have got to make some fucking serious money to uh, like squeak out profits like really really big money and i think that's interesting because it almost felt like with like okay well you know maybe day and date and streaming and blah 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 that you were going to start seeing like a tightening of the purse strings but now it feels like the the success of, of no way home has basically made like studio heads go oh shit you know what 
if you release films in cinemas and you don't let people watch them at home through their dodgy boxes, then we make money. Mm. It, it, it's, and, and, it, and now they're betting big and they're like doubling down. Yeah, this this movie has got to make. Sorry, go on. Has got to make a billion dollars in six weeks. You know that's what it's got to do. Yeah, across across three or four markets, it's got to make a billion dollars in six weeks. And the thing is, it easily can. Mm. It it easily can do that. Yeah, but the thing is. If it's two and a half hours long and it's fucking and it's Vin Diesel again going right, okay, we're gonna have like twenty five minutes of flashbacks. Yeah. Which I, I you know, which I, I just you, I, you, I, you, I don't you, see it reaching those heights. No, which, which which you'd hope is you know, it, it is not going to happen and that every time it looks like that's about to happen, someone's just gonna push Jason Momoa out and go, Fucking do something. <laughs> <laughs> Momoa is 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 the guy who's bringing the charm in this one. I think. Got the idea. Yeah, I, it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if they're casting him as the Rock's bigger, badder brother. Mm. It, yeah, he's going to be a fucking bad guy. Hobbs Brie Larson is going to be Brian's sister, like yeah. kid sister. Yeah. Um. And you know, and 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 uh, Charlize Theron's going to be fucking drone piloting something while earning a cool ten mil. Yeah. Um, Charlize yeah, Theron is, like, is, is like, filming this I, from green screen in her own kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I liked Fast Nine, but I re, you know, I rewatched it a few months back, and that thing doesn't hold up on a rewatch. I, see, I haven't rewatched it yet. I won't mind rewatching. I, I, I will. I think I will rewatch it. I just, I, it, I, literally, I forgot it came out last year. Yeah. But it, it, it's like I saw it in IMAX last year, and it was like it was one of the first big, fuck me, cinemas back. It's a packed audience, and everybody's buzzing. Mm. And that 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 really helped it. I mean, it's like Unhinged. It's like I want to rewatch Unhinged at some point, but it's like that film will forever be in my affections for being my first film, like I, it, after the first lockdown. You know, and it, it, it. But is Unhinged actually good? No, I'm sure it's fucking shite. <laughs> um, even though it does have that fucking amazing bit where it's like. Oh, and your psychiatrist, uh, you've got a meeting with your psychiatrist tomorrow and you're going to want to have that because you're about to have a real fucking bad day. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, fucking incredible. But, and, and, and the great line of, there was a bit of a tinge of fuck you in that thank you you gave me right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, good old Russell Crowe. But, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, Faster X has got a very, very strong chance of being awful. Mm. And like Louis Leterrier is a director who can shoot things. But my god, I you would assume all the action has already been storyboarded to with, within an inch of its fucking life. Yeah. Um 
and it, it but it's like what what is he going to do he's got no connection to the material really whatsoever like apparently they tried reaching out to f gary gray and james one um and who the fuck else like who's the other um has there been another director of these Oh, no, do you know what? I don't think there has. There was one other where they were like, are you available? No, I'm not. And I can't remember who it was. But that's the thing. And they've landed on Louis Leterrier. And it just feels... He's been directing TV. Yeah. Um. He, he, to be fair, he directed that Dark Crystal Netflix series that have got like really, really good word. But in terms of film, he's not directed something big in... A while. I think the last and thing I, he did it, 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 big. I can't even remember what the last thing big he did. Maybe now you see me. Now it must be now you see me. Didn't he direct Grimsby? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, he that? did. Did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now. So I mean, that, that that's the thing. It's just like a really unpromising director parachuted in a week after when you've got reports of Vin Diesel ego being as bad as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. It, let, you know, let, let's let see what happens. There, there are a lot of rumours doing the round that he is literally there <laughs> um, to kind of, to shepherd Vin through it. <laughs> and that it's Vin yeah, doing the directing. Yeah. And, th- th- you know, there's also a rumour that, like, the big creative difference was um, that Uncle Vin wants to have a CG Brian in this film. Yeah. and that, But that wasn't in the scream that wasn't in the material that um lynn had um sounds rough leave alone yeah that that would that would be a bad idea i mean jesus fucking christ don toretto already called named his kid after someone who is still alive in the fast and furious <laughs> franchise that's fucking weird enough let's just leave it alone <laughs> I still, that still, that still makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> and just like the end of Fast Nine, when Brian comes driving up and Vin Diesel's like a fucking excited puppy. Yeah, like it's, it's fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. Ah, Uncle Vin. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's great. I really hope it's really, really good. But. <laughs> Everything is pointing in the wrong direction for it at the moment. It's looking great, is it? Yeah. Right. We we could talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but that's just two terrible people being terrible. Um, yeah. It's one of those. I mean, that we could, but do we have to? <laughs> yeah, let's not. I mean, it's that's that's a whoever wins we lose if ever there was one so let, let's let, let let's move on yeah um okay, so trailers um there's been a, there's been there's been some interesting shit this week yeah uh, what have we got guys uh flux gourmet the new peter strickland movie i haven't even seen this okay yeah um oh, this is that weird one you showed me yeah yeah it's like a, a band, isn't it, recording an album, but they're using, they're recording it using, like, cooking. Is that what it is? <laughs> and bodily functions to record it. Oh, uh, I did not get that from the trailer. Yeah. 
That's the idea behind it. I mean, it, it sounds like it sounds like Mark had a stroke. So it says CERN Institute is devoted to culinary and alimentary performance. Yeah, it's the, uh, the, 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 like a okay. symphony that is based around uh, that uses cooking and food and burps and farts. It just looks very sticky. It does, but I, do you know what? I think it's quite good. I like Peter Strickland. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I'll watch it. It looks interesting, but... Yeah. It, it, it very much looks like one of those films where you could walk out of it and go, there is nothing. There is no substance in that movie whatsoever. It is very much, how did this get made, but I really enjoyed it. Or, how did that get made, like, seriously? Yeah. It just made me want to wash my hands. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I don't remember this one. Which one was this one, Becky? Bodies, bodies, bodies. That was the one with Pete Davidson in it. Pete Davidson. Yeah, the the, the movie that looks like, if it's done well, could be really quite entertaining. But if not, Mark, it could be really fucking shit. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm holding out hope at the moment. They could could just be really insufferable. But I think the point about the movie is that they're supposed to be kind of insufferable. but I just don't know if I need to spend my time with people like that. Again, I think I'm all as right. As long as they all die. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. that's the idea behind it. Have you seen this one, Ian? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. They all look like twats, yeah. but twats that are going to get fucking bloodied up. Yeah. So, <laughs> sure. So, and if it's that, great. If, what I want it to be is a movie that is 100% not trying to tell me, like, tell me off. <laughs> but it's just basically going, these people are dickheads. Watch them die. You all know people like this. Yep. Yeah. Fucking watch them die. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know that one scene that everybody liked in uh, in the, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Here's <laughs> it for ninety minutes. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I'll take that. You can take this one, Bex. Um, the new Black Phone trailer came out as well, didn't it? So yeah, obviously I made you watch it. I'm going to stop making you watch things about it or talking about it, though, because you said that how much I'm talking about it is making you not want to watch it. Yeah, when I watch the trailers, I, I'm looking forward to this. The fact that you constantly keep on talking to me about it is making me go, I don't want to watch this now. You're making it, ruining it for me. I don't think I constantly keep talking you about it. You have to about a lot. I'm just really looking forward to it. It looks really interesting. It does look really interesting. It does have extreme Becky vibes. It really yeah. does, doesn't it? It does very much have extreme yeah. Becky vibes. Yeah. And it does look like it could be really fucking good, yeah, to does. be fair. Yeah. The new trailer expands on stuff and the imagery looks great in it. And the fact that they could have released this at any point in the past year. And they've held on to it. And they've yeah. gone, no, 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 we, we, we want to put this out. Mm. Mm. I well, think Ethan it's quite Hawk's interesting. kind of riding a wave in here at the moment, so you're not going to just bin it. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke is riding the biggest wave he has since like 1997. I'm, I'm really He's like if a wave just came it. back now. Yeah, I'm so here for it. I love Ethan Hawke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It's from producer J- Jason Blum and from the writer and director of Doctor Strange, mm. starring like one of the men at the moment, like you say, Ethan Hawke. Like, it's it's timed really well. And just the idea of getting a film like this in the summer movie season is cool. And as well, it's it's Based one on of a book by Stevie's lad, isn't it? Is it joking? Well, he's not joking, is he? Because that would be joking. So I think he's Joe, Joe Hill. Hill. Yeah, 
But he's Joe King, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. But it, that's joking. So he goes by Joe Hill. I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> but as well, the fact is, it, what I think what what Jason Bloom does is really clever here is this movie is under $20 million. Yeah. To, to me, that's what it cost. Mm. But could, it, in just in the right circumstance released at the right time, could easily make $100 million. Oh, yeah. So it, it's... Oh. It's not a bigger risk holding it back. No. Old um, old Hawkey boy's gone for points on the back end there. I think. Oh, without question. So yeah. I think he did. He did that with Sinister yeah. as well. You know, and it's like it, it, you know, and and I think he did with the Purge. Like he does well off of those films. I, I, Ethan Hawke's cool, man. Like he'll do the he'll do the paycheck gigs, but he'll do them well, and, and then he'll just make interesting shit. Yeah, and as well with the paycheck ones that he does. So like Sinister, it isn't like he he turned up, did Sinister, fucked off. He he did the fest the horror festival circuit for mm. it. Mm. He he tried getting it. He he basically used the fact that he's Ethan Hawke to get it kind of into publications that it might not have necessarily got into. Oh, it's fucking great. It's sinister mm. as well, and it is. It, it's a good film. So dark. Um, One of the best jump scares that I've seen oh, in yeah. recent films. Yeah. That little girl creeps me out. Mm. Um, on the count of three, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, this. This looks like it could be fucking good, eh? It looks like it'd be really good and really just like fucking just like emotionally bleak. Like you, mm-hmm. like you're gonna watch it and then finish watching it and go, that was nihilistic as fuck. I I I I feel bad that I enjoyed that as much as I did. <laughs> and maybe it it will cement whether or not that Chris Abbott is actually a good actor. Just really fucking good at picking his roles. <laughs> fucking Chris Albert, man. Yep. Because he just he, everything he's in looks really fucking interesting. Oh, I told you the story, didn't I? What? About Chris Abbott. That when I was talking to, so I was talking to a girl at work, and we were, we were, I can't remember what movie we were talking about. And I was like, "Is it Kit Harrington in it?" Or is it that guy that looks like Chris, uh, oh, yeah. that looks like Kit Harrington? I can't remember which one it is. And she was like, "Who's the one that looks like Kit Harrington?" I was like, "I can't remember his name." Hang on, I'm gonna Google it. And she's like, "What exactly are you gonna Google there?" And I and said, "I said, well, I've done it already." And she came around and I just typed in, "Who's that one guy that looks really like Kit Harrington?" And it came up with it. <laughs> That's pretty good. So yeah, R- reminds me of when. Um... Donna used to call Adam Driver Justin Long Gone Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> like stretched out. Really it's, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that Ike Berenholtz looks like somebody did a bad drawing of Matt Warburg. Ike who? Oh, no, I mean, he, yeah. No, Ike Barinholtz looks like Mark Wahlberg's face was set on fire. <laughs> he, just, he, looks, he looks like he looks like if someone like a fat chick had Mark Wahlberg tattooed on her thigh. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 you, you're both picturing the same fat chick. <laughs> She's right now at Wahlberg's <laughs> eating a big plate of wings. Stop it! Don't be mean. I'm not being mean. She's having a great time. There's so many people that look like other people. I feel like you. 
I feel like you're talking about a specific person there. Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to on the count of three. Um, yeah, it, it's two actors that I actually quite enjoy spending time with. Who's the other one? It's like Mohammed Abdul, is it? Is it? What's his name? Jared. Then which one am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the guy of um, Article, what is it you were watching? Article 81. He's in something that's coming yeah. up. I saw but, him. What's that guy been in? Archive 81. Oh, no, you've, seen, you've gone off it now. I have, yeah. I'm do Athy. That's the guy I was thinking of, but uh, this guy is... Jurassic World, that's what I saw him in the trailer for. We watched the trailer for that, didn't we? The new tra- trailer for that. Yeah. It's not as good of a trailer as oh, the last one. Yeah. You do not like it as much. I just want it. I, I I feel like that trailer. I'm going to see it in front of every single fucking film, regardless of how big the film is, until it comes out. Like we've now got about four or five weeks of just Jurassic World trailers continually, and I'm looking forward to it. But fuck me, like I am getting sick of that trailer. Like Top Gun Maverick, I, I see it. Not that much though. And that film, I mean, that film has been on the shelf. Yeah. And I'm not sick of that trailer at all. Jurassic World Dominion, just fucking stop showing it to me all the time, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's gonna, it's gonna draw. It's the new out. Morbius. <laughs> it is the new Morbius. Except we're not gonna be watching it for two years, luckily. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. It, it looks like an awful lot going on and there also is a shot that literally looks like it's directly lifted from uh, Gemini Man. Oh, the fucking motorcycle. Yeah. Which, yeah. And the shot on Gemini Man looks like a shot that is directly lifted from one of the Bourne movies. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, like, like the one guy that they said the storyboards to, he's just gone. Yeah, fuck it, I'll just draw that again. <laughs> you fucking go. Sick yeah. a dinosaur in there. Yeah. Why's a dinosaur in a motorbike? Ah, oh, shit, I'll rub that out. out. There you fucking go. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck it, put it back in. <laughs> um, I watched the trailer for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris before... Um, before Downton. Before Downton. What, to get you in, like, the old person? No, I, I watched it. It was literally on at the cinema. Oh, I had no okay. choice. I was strapped in my seat. Okay. I wasn't strapped, strapped in. in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go see it in 4DX? Calmest <laughs> <laughs> 4DX ever. Can you imagine the carriage rides? Okay. I'm assuming this carriage ride. It just smells like an old house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You, you talk about that. I am listening, but I'm going to go pee-pee. Yeah, um... <laughs> The thing is, that is the most on-brand trailer to show before that movie, though. Just looking at the fucking screenshot. Yeah, it is. It, it's oh, about. A... Oh, I've got, I've got better than that. I think I might have the same one. I've got better than that. I think I might have the same one. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's about a cleaner mm-hmm. um, that gets her husband's war pension uh, and decides to blow it on a frock. Literally, she used the word frock. Oh, gross. A frock from Christian Dior. So, goes to Paris um, 
And then Isabel Huppert is just really passive aggressive to her all the time. And I was watching it going, ah, shit, I'm going to watch this. Oh, <laughs> it's just, it, 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 it looks all right. Does it? <laughs> yeah, it looks fine. It looks kind of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. The thing is, I was watching the trailer going, uh, and I was like, do you know what? Occasionally, you need to give these things a go. Yeah, well, yeah. And things, not everything has to be aimed at rabid film fans. Exactly. So maybe, I was watching it going, maybe this year where you start going, do you know what? I'm going to give that a go. It doesn't look offensive to me. Yeah. And I'm sat about to watch Downton Abbey. So fuck it. Why don't I watch Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris? (laughs) (laughs) And I genuinely don't mean that in like a a negative way. I mean that in a, why, why not? Why not? It might be great. Yeah. Leslie Manville's great as well. Who pairs great? Why not? Why not give it a go? Do you know what I'm not going to watch? Ian, was the more yeah. on brand one you got? The shipping one? No. Oh, God. I, I want about. What's that? I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a, a. a bunch of fishermen who have like a chorus band. That sing like sea shanties because remember they were cool. Oh, Fisherman's Friends. Yeah, Fisherman's Friends. In the trailer, there are three Fisherman's Friends jokes in the trailer. That's pretty sweet, right? And I was watching it, and honestly, the trailer felt like it felt like it was on for about twenty minutes. The, the all the all of the people that were in the cinema with me, which were all. 70 plus <laughs> were age, fucking loving it <laughs> absolutely loving it not as much as that one lady who who when um, what's his name who's played Elvis Austin Butler Austin Butler, yeah. when, Austin Butler. when it flashes up and says Austin Butler in the trailer and it, it, to where he is and I went oh he's a dish <laughs> oh bless him really yes <laughs> Also, as well, weirdness of watching the Elvis trailer before Downton Abbey had subtitles. Yeah, you did mention that. Yep, nice. Nothing else had <laughs> subtitles. I, I, when it, the subtitles came on, because it was the first trailer that came on, I thought, ooh, that could be showing that as subtitles. All right, fair enough. I can live with that. I, I, I can live with that. Um, well, I mean, when you're watching Downton in 4DX and the wind's <laughs> blowing and all over the place, you need the fucking subtitles. Yep. Uh, but not just 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 for Elvis, which by the way looks fucking brilliant on the big screen. And oh, I bet it does. Not only that, one thing I did notice: either they've tweaked around with Hank's voice, or it is not as noticeably weird on the big screen. It's good. Yeah, it doesn't sound weird. It sounds fine, uh, but that fucker looks. Looks like it belongs on a big screen. Oh yeah. What, what? 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 Which one did you have before Downton? <laughs> Fucking documentary about the Lancaster bomber called Lancaster, yeah, which I yeah, swear that, that, that is that, the... that, 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 that. I don't even think that exists. That's that's on like fucking ITV two. Mate, like, straight up, I thought the interview subjects were all gonna fucking die while they were being interviewed in the trailer. Oh man, it was it was it, it was interesting. What else have we got? Fucking um, oh, hell! 
Don't worry, darling. It looks fucking great. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It, uh, you, you, you can't not, can you? It's yeah. like we're noted fucking misers about Booksmart on this podcast, but fair fucking play. Looks like she's stepped up here. Yeah. It look, like, it looks fucking great. It does look really good as well. It's yeah, it does, uh, yeah. shot by Matty La- Libertique. Yeah, who, like, who Ma- Matty Libertique shit. knows how to shoot fucking cinema. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm this. I, I, I hope it's good. Um, for a few reasons. One, because I want it to be good, mm. and two, because I can't be asked with how many people are going to have to twist themselves in knots if it's not good. Trying to. Talk about how good it is. <laughs> oh dear. No, it looks it looks really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, very interested. Um, I mean I'll 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 watch Harry Styles eat some pew pie any day of the week. <laughs> it looks really yes, there was a lot of that, wasn't there? There was. Yeah. There was. I'm not against it. I'm not against it, no. I'm a man who's definitely not against that. But I was a bit like, alright, we get it. <laughs> That film's going to be fucking huge. Oh yes, like, like that that film is going to be huge. Yep. Like it, it, Olivia it, Wilde has done some very good man first trap casting it, in that film. Yes, she has. She's ensured she has a built-in audience <laughs> who are going to go and are going to pay. And it doesn't matter if they like the film or not. It doesn't matter. No. No, because they're only going to just Snapchat each other about it, so it ain't going to matter. <laughs> oh, dear me. And a film that no one quite knows how you're going to be able to watch a Roku original. Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the the Roku channel feels like it will cease to exist before the film comes out. <laughs> I'm fairly certain Roku, you can get it on Now TV. I'm fairly certain Roku stuff comes on Now TV. Okay. I don't, but what, what is there? <laughs> There's, there is actually a few series on it. Like, Kevin Hart's got a series on it, I think. He does? Of Die Hart. I swear that was originally for Quibi. Yeah, it was. Roku bought all the Quibi stuff. Right, Roku bought the Quibi stuff, right. So do they have that, the fucking Sam Raimi one? The Golden Arm? Yeah. That's on Now TV? That's it, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently you get it with Now TV, but I can't find any of it. Oh, fucking hell. Like, yeah, like Sam Raimi did a Quibi series that is basically a film just split up into shitloads of parts about an arm or something. And it's like, yes, I want to watch that. I also want to watch Weird the Al Yankovic story, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Golden Arm. Is it about... Is it about arm wrestling? Sure. Golden Arm. Right, no, that's not. That's definitely not. That is a different film. 
There's a film on, on Now TV called Golden Arm from 2021. I don't think it's by Sam Raimi. <laughs> Quibby's The Golden Arm. Uh, why on earth does the golden arm exist? Why on earth... Yeah, GQ article. Why on earth does the golden arm exist and why on earth did Re- Rachel Brosnahan agree to star in it? Horror short The Golden Arm launched on new bite-sized streaming app Quibi is deeply weird and inexplicably bad considering the talent involved. Um, okay, so it, Okay, so it's a short... That was part of a Quibi anthology called Fifty States of Fright. Fifty States of Fright, yeah. Um, and Brosnahan plays a woman obsessed with her golden arm. I mean, it sounds great. Yep. It's 15 minutes long. I don't know why I thought it was a film. But I swear Raimi directed it. Yeah, it written, is, yeah. directed, and executive produced by Sam Raimi. Anyway, what were we talking about? Weird Al. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, weird. The weird Al Yankovic movie. I'll play this. I'm playing... Right, so I'm playing a bit of it. She just coughed on her golden arm. Right, I just realised you guys can't hear this. No. Um, she's refusing to take off her golden arm despite being diagnosed with pulmonary gold disease. Uh, Is that a real thing? <laughs> she's now in a hospital bed with the golden arm. She's just woken up. Um, I had a dream... A terrible dream. Promise me something. Anything. When I die, bury me with my golden arm. Is this a trailer you're watching? And then the husband's looking uh, like he doesn't want to do that. But he's just said, yes. Say it. I will bury you with your golden arm. No, it's just like some fucking uh, clip of it on Twitter. It looks fucking bonkers. Um, it kind of feels like Sam Raimi was like, yeah, all right, fuck it, you're going to pay me how much? <laughs> um, wow, we, Yeah, that looked fucking special. Um, so, yeah, Weird Al. Daniel Radcliffe, good on him. He's got more money than God, and he's just like, fuck it, what do you want me to do? Yeah, go on, that looks fun. Yeah, it it really does look like that's going to be... It looks like it's going to be really good. <laughs> oh, but no. It looks like it's going to be really good because cool just it's an interesting story. And Let's it's, get them back. Um, it's Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. Yeah, hello. Still rolling? Still rolling. Still rolling. Um, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, like, he'll just do anything for a laugh, won't he? He's got more money than God. Let's go. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Play Weird Al? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he 
it is. It it literally is. He's going to do anything that he thinks sounds vaguely interesting to him. Nice position to be in. Yeah. If Mary's not, why not? And he's just gonna. He's just gonna fucking blue ball people about another Harry Potter film. I think until the end of his days. Yeah, probably because he ironically just thinks it's funny. <laughs> yep. I don't. I don't even think he thinks it's funny. Like for the fans, I think he just thinks it's funny for Rupert Grint's career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's apt. Incredibly yeah, apt. <laughs> right. Shall we enter the new era? I think we need to enter a new era. Bex, could you go and grab me a drink while we're in our new era? <laughs> I don't want any spoilers. Okay. <laughs> so, so you are the hell going to do with a regional accent. <laughs> not, not that prominent. <laughs> okay. Let's enter it. Downton Abbey, A New Era, I believe is directed by a gentleman by the name of Simon Curtis. Who is and, married uh, stars... to one of the stars of the movie. <laughs> oh, is he? Who? He is married to um, Elizabeth McGovern. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Well, fair enough, then. Um, the, she's like the American wife, yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay. So... Downton Abbey, A New Era, stars Hugh Bonneville, Elizabeth McGovern, uh, Tuppence Middleton, um, uh, fucking Dominic West turns up, uh, Laura Haddock, um, you know, just a bunch of people that were in the show, and Maggie Smith, uh, who was also in the show, so I don't know why I said that after. Um, So, Downton Abbey, A New Era is a film that, for context, Mark and I... Don't know anything about Downton Abbey. Have not watched an episode of Downton Abbey nor the previous film. So, it starts with a couple getting married. Who are that couple? We don't know. I actually forgot which couple it was. Like a couple of people got married. I think the like Irish guy. The Irish and guy. The... And wasn't it Tuppence Middleton? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Irish guy and Tuppence Middleton get married. Yep. Maggie Smith yep. says to them, Oh shit, I've been given a villa. <laughs> oh, your, your daughter can have it. Yep. Because um, she's got nothing so, else because you're actually poor, aren't you, Irish man? Is that what it was? Yeah. That he's poor. I think he's he he's he's not from good stock. <laughs> I think Like he's not good from from good stock, but Tuppence Middleton isn't isn't she? Yes, she is. She's part of their crew. Yeah, she's a Crantham. Yeah. Crawford. Crawley. Cran- Cran- Crawley, yep. that's it. Grantham. Is it? Okay. Crantham. They're, they're, they're earls and ladies of Grantham and their surname is Crawley. Right. Okay, fine. So, they're given a villa. Mm-hmm. Um, because... And not the type you get appears... on Airbnb. <laughs> no. And it appears... Because Maggie Smith is an just an unforgettable fuck. <laughs> and a man who she spent a week with like 60 years ago was so taken by Maggie Smith's pussy that um, he gives her a villa. Yep. Or is it that? 
but it fucking weirdly seemed like it for quite a large chunk of the film. While this is happening, a film crew wants to film at the estate. So Hugh Bonneville and some of the others go to the villa to find out what's going on while some of the others stay at the abbey while the film is being shot. And then you get a subplot, which is about how silent film actors were screwed by the advent of sound, which, I'll be honest, I didn't see coming. There was another bit I didn't see coming amongst all of that as well. Um, Dominic West and the butler. Dominic West and the butler. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, wow we. Um... Yeah, so um, Downton Abbey, A New Era, is uh, a film uh, which has made some some money. Um, You know, it's done pretty well in its opening weekend. Like, okay. Um, Mark, Downton Abbey, A New Era, how would you say to it? Um, (laughs) For a start off, it's long. It's so long. Mm -hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, it never ends, and you can tell it, 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 it's got Lord of the Rings st- rings style false endings. Yeah, and and um, mm-hmm. it's it's very TV in the sense that no scene is longer than like a minute and a half, two minutes. Every scene happens, and then it's like that. Let's move on to the next one. Um, it the thing is. I'm trying to be careful because it's very, very much not for us. But it's, 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 it's fairly like offensive at points in its, um, in its depiction of class divides. Of all of the the help have regional accents of varying degrees. Um, yeah, the the old yeah. butler um, is xenophobic, borderline racist. I think <laughs> against the French, yeah. which yeah. is jolly funny, isn't it? Um, the I mean, it's not their fault, but they're all just so French. Yeah, and the well, we better watch out because the British are coming. It was it, you're watching it going, wow, wow. This is a really popular show for a certain amount of people. I can tell why this country's fucked. Um, it's, yeah, the fact that the lady of the house keeps coming to the rescue for everything by saying really obvious things. And then what would you have it? She saves the day. Why does she save the day for the big picture? Why does she save the day? Because the star of the picture has, what would you have it, a regional accent, wow. and she doesn't, she sounds posh. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yep. She doesn't have an affair, because she doesn't really do that kind of thing, but she does really like handsome men. <laughs> Ian, that's the line of the movie, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> It's she likes yeah she she likes she's very very into the fact that the guy is into her yeah it is um, yeah it's <laughs> yeah I 
the thing is, there was points in it that, that I found like vaguely interesting, but it is the least amount of like peril or anything of a movie I've ever I've, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. It is it it is a movie where they've gone right. We can't have anything too shocking happen because then somebody in the audience might have a heart attack and die. Yeah. <laughs> so it just ticks along <laughs> at just this incredibly tepid pace. And then occasionally has a moment that makes you a little bit sad, but you know it's all going to be fine. <laughs> so the thing is, it's not for me. Um, I think it's incredibly patronising to the people it is for. Um, and You're just clicking to get your butler there, but <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's incredibly patronising for the people it's for. And yet... Hello there, sir. Hello, Mr. Foster. What can I get for you? <laughs> and, and yet further highlights this weird fetishising of the upper classes that is going on in modern British cinema and TV. I mean, I don't see how that could have anything to do with the fact that all of the people writing modern films, modern British TV and modern films, are, you know, landed gentry or such. <laughs> That's nothing to do with that, I bet. What do you think to it, Ian? <laughs> I thought it was alright. The thing is, it's fine. Dominic West is great. Do- yeah, Dominic West as just like horny actor who wants to fuck a butler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, why not? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I, 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 there is an easygoingness to it where I think you could see why people would watch this of a Sunday at eight PM on ITV and just be swept along with it with. Would I be one of those people? No. Um, it, it, it's it, considering that, like, the tagline of the film is like a cinematic event, which is tied into the plot of the the film. It's incredibly uncinematic. I mean, like, like you said, Mark, the choppiness of the scenes is it is cut like a TV show. Mm. Um. There's really barely any sweep to it whatsoever. It do, it does feel like it could have been a Christmas special where they go abroad. Yep. Because um, they're not even abroad that much. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I, I could see... I'm sure for fans of Downton Abbey... Like, my, my in-laws are going to go and see this on Friday night. And I think they're, they're probably going to have a lovely time. You know, and it's it's like, you know, fair play to them. Um, they're massive fans of Downton Abbey, um, and it, it, I'm, I'm sure it's going to fit the bill in terms of like what it says about the the country and whatnot. I think people just like shit that's easy to watch, and this was easy to watch. Yeah, it's too long, but I'm not a fan of the show, so I'm not surprised. I thought it was too long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not like five out of five in this on Letterboxd or anything. Jesus Christ! But it, you know, um considering that before I went to see it, I literally WhatsApped Mark saying, right, Mark, just to confirm, uh, fuck, uh, the call's dropped again. 
just it's not it's not letting us answer. Well, I'm doing this. Could you message in and say that it's not letting us answer us on my paper? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you can hear yeah. me. I can hear you. Ah, cool. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm on my I'm on my hotspot on my phone. I think my Wi-Fi is being funny. Um, so shit. Where was I? Um, you were saying you're oh, not giving it five out of five on Letterboxd. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm. Um, you know, I'm not going to give it five out of five on Letterboxd or anything. But I. I had a perfectly fine, really hungover and not enough sleep time. And considering that before I left for the cinema, I text you guys and said, right, Mark, just to confirm, you are watching Downton Abbey A New Era, yes? <laughs> like, because I was that much, I really don't have to see this. And I'll be honest, I missed the booked showing I had at Odeon, could only watch it on Saturday afternoon, and had to pay £9 to go see it at the fucking showcase. Um, I mean, you probably should have just messaged me and said, I'm I, not making this. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's 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 dedication to the cause, and also dedication to the bit that we are literally reviewing Downton Abbey A New Era on this week's show. Um, I... The, so apparently Maggie Smith was basically revealed as dying in the last film, which I think makes it make more sense that it's like, it did feel like, all right, she's very, very old, but she doesn't necessarily seem that sick. And then suddenly <laughs> she dies. She's de- dies. Which, you know, like she has that goodbye scene. I will give a credit. The, 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 the goodbye scene was not great, but the... Jesus Christ, I can't hear myself dying. <laughs> it was quite a funny line. Yeah, that was a good line. That was a good... And that that's the thing. I feel like that character was probably good fun in the show. Like, crotchety, like, older, older arm of the family who doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, I bet Maggie Smith can do that in her fucking sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, And, yeah, I mean, you know... 
the the silent actors getting fucked over by sound thing. I mean that you know that was a real thing, and it mm-hmm. did affect it did affect a lot of um, silent movie actors like uh, internationally. And I mean, like I do, I did find it funny that it was like, oh yeah, uh, Mrs. Grantham has given me an idea which is going to save everything. What's that yeah. then? Put on an American Put accent. Put on an American accent. Yeah. Which you knew was what was going to happen, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, it was just, don't talk like you. <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I thought that was just like, that definitely piqued my interest during the bits where, it, it, you know, it'd be cutting back to France and it was like, well, is he or isn't he a bastard? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, even though I, I did feel I did feel sorry for the fact that like that French guy. The end of the French guy's arc is he thinks he has a half brother, yeah. and then they prove that he's not his half brother, and they never go back. To yeah, him. they still and the reason the villa. why he didn't put up a fight with the villa is because he just thought he was his half brother. Yeah. So it, it, the moral of the story is horrible. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's just horrible. It is literally these people who have a bunch of people to do everything for them land on their feet all of the time. Get more shit. Yeah. It, it literally is. It, it, it is. Look, the upper classes will always fail upwards. I, I, yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't even, dispute even that. with the incredibly patronising bit at the end, where fucking Hugh Darcy's like, "Well, couldn't you get your servants to do it?" It's like, why can't you get the actual family who are there to do it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's it's nice for the servants to dress yeah, up. Yeah, it once is in a while, that incredibly patronising thing of. of <laughs> it's nice for them to pretend before we make them clear the table after you've all gone. Saying all that, like I say, I had five hours sleep. I was really hungover. I kind of just let it wash over me. And it was fine. You, I, I, you know... If if you're a fan, doesn't look like a film, doesn't really sound like a film. It's not really acted like it's a film. But the length of a film. It's a fucking. It's you know it's an extend. It's a it's a fucking it's a Christmas special. It is a, it is a Christmas special. But they've stuck it in the cinema, and it's going to make some bank. Yep. So. You know, if hey, look, if it's if it's the thing that gets older people actually comfortable with the idea of like going out to the cinema again, great. You know, this this will be a lot of people's first film post well, not post COVID because we're still in COVID, but post lockdowns. And uh, you know, I think that's important. I think there is, it's important that films made for a an audience that is emphatically not me are yep. made and can't hate it um definitely not shit like 
super super mildly don't get me wrong but i i, I can't say it's shit it's fine yeah i i, I can't say it's it, it, it shit it, 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 it's it's not shit um but i'm going with the with with what i had of just why just why <laughs> I, I don't i don't even get how this is popular <laughs> there's just there's nothing there at all it's 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 the, it's I mean, just this... it's the milkiest of tea. <laughs> I mean that's that's a lovely way of expressing it. I, I, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you know, it it's being built on like multiple series of TV where people know these yep. characters. You know, it's like like I say, you got that wedding at the start. It's like. I'm sure this is a fucking great moment for people. And when it's like the shot of like going up, like or down yeah. the aisle, up or down you, the you aisle, know. and seeing faces, yeah, yeah, it's basically going, they these are the people that are going to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or maybe like here's some of the people from the TV show who aren't going to be in the rest of the film. But hey, look, they're here. You know, like it, it's. It, it, it's that kind of thing. I, I'll be honest, that church, for some reason, I thought that church was Downton Abbey at first. And I was like, that's not very big. And then they, when they revealed Downton Abbey, it was like, oh, fuck, that's big. Yeah, I, I, I was a little bit like that. And then when they started going about, where, when, when Hugh does started going, oh, we're going to go to the theatre, we're going to go to the cinema in Thursk. I thought, wait, what? Thursk is down the road from me. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> Look at you, you fucking landed gentry. Well, we do live around that kind of area. <laughs> go on, go on, click, click for your butler again. I can't, he's, he's blowing Dominic West in our fucking spare bedroom. <laughs> what was that, Mr. Foster? <laughs> My mouth was a bit full, sorry. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Okay, so I'm not gutted. I didn't go to the see it. the new era is over. Sorry, I said I'm I'm not gutted that I didn't go to see it. Um, I, I bet you're not. So, the new era has ended as swiftly as it begun. It, can um, I ask a question? It, as, is are they? Is that is that TV show still going? No, it's not. It's finished. Do they maybe do Christmas specials still? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they, I think they ended the show and it's just the TV now. Right. Uh, the films now, even. Right. Cool. Why were you going to watch it? I was just curious <laughs> to see if this was like something that was getting a new TV show going. You know, like the what's her name, Mary, the new lady of the house. Yes. It was like the first husband that she was talking about. Was that Dan Stevens? Dan yeah, Stevens. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. He died in a Christmas special. I remember that being quite a big deal. Because that's the thing. It's like the the husband, her husband is away for like the whole film. I don't think you see him at no, all. Don't. And it's like... Was he played by someone who's been cancelled or something? Like, what was that about? That was very weird. Who is her new husband? God. God? Fucking hell. It begins. <laughs> You're going to be like... Oh, shit. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort was in it. <laughs> no, I'm fucking... 
No, Anstel Elgort was not in Downton Abbey. (laughs) (laughs) Downton Abbey, Lady Mary's husband. Henry Talbot. Oh, Matthew Good. Matthew Good. Yeah, he would have turned up for it. (laughs) Why is... Okay, well, here's here's an uh, an article. Why is Matthew Good not in Downton Abbey 2? Because he's Um, a brick... Because <laughs> he's what? Because he's a brick, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, uh, apparently he was too busy shooting the offer, the um, the Godfather series. Um, yeah, odd one, Matthew. Good, okay, very odd one. Yeah, okay. Very good actor, um, but apparently just an absolute pain in the ass to work with. <laughs> he, um, oh, wow. Uh, so he first appeared in the 2014 Christmas special, later promoted to a main cast member in seasons five and six. Uh, he was also in the first film, but only briefly uh, explaining his absence. He tells people that he's just returned from a business trip. <laughs> so, yeah, Matthew Good. Obviously had no contractual obligation and was like, fuck this. Yeah. So, fair play. Can I also... Did you put out a... a tw- I did, yeah. Acting-wise, it's really quite good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They all wash their faces, don't they? They're fine. Um, yeah, they put up all. Definite shit, 25%. Uh, touching cloth, 13%. Shit, 25%. And why? Why? Uh, 37%. Did you actually put why as an option? Good stuff. All right. Well done. Well played. Oh, dear me. I think used to talk right. for a little okay. bit. Okay. No, Becky's fine. She's yeah. Um, uh, Bex, uh, we're no longer in the new era. We're back in the old era. Um, back in the old era. Yeah, we're we're back in the the old Shut era. The um, <laughs> it's okay, fa- no one will miss him. He was thankfully. I, wow. I I think this will be the last week for a while that we have to resort to reviewing Downton Abbey. <laughs> uh, the next the the, the 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 next time we have a week like this, we'll just do a retro review of the first Downton Abbey. <laughs> yes. We just to confirm, we won't be no. doing that. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like if they didn't know what death was before this, they're gonna know it after it. They're gonna know it after it, and they're gonna be freaking terrified. And they're gonna be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like all the orphans and like, oh no, we're gonna die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further. The His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join... Anna. ...and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Right, uh, Bex, what, what have you been watching this week? I haven't week? watched anything on my own. So coming to me, Mark, was redundant. Um, I don't, I genuinely yep. don't... I think I have. Bear with me. Um, oh, Anne, that's a lie. I watched The Woman in Black when you were not very well the other night. Oh, uh, yeah, when we thought I might have COVID. With a bottle of wine, which made it a lot more bearable. I actually enjoyed it this time around. I think if you take out of the equation the fact that the book's really good and just watch it for what it is, it's got real kind of... Um, What's that film with Johnny Depp in it that we used to watch Sleepy all the time? Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it's got Sleepy Hollow vibes to it. So, Radcliffe's Johnny Depp. Things are afoot. He basically awakens, he like re, I don't know, reinvigorates this ghost and because he's seen it, and then all the children start killing themselves. Sounds great. It's, it's alright, actually. I just walk by schools with that power. <laughs> The books, the story's better, but it it's fine. To be fair, it's not it's not a good adaptation, but it's a decent enough film. Fair enough. Um, and the ending's bleak as fuck. Like so, right? So basically, are you gonna watch it? Have you seen it, Ian? I've seen it. I just don't remember it. Have you? <laughs> yeah, seen I've seen it. it. Yeah. So do you, uh-huh. do you do you remember the ending? So what? like the 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 latter part of the film is basically him trying to stop his son. From coming to this place, what? I remember the poster. Okay. Um, coming to this place because then he'll be infected by this malady that's affecting the children and he'll try and kill himself. Mm. 
Um, but then he does, he can't get hold of them, he can't get a telegraph to them or anything, so he has to go and try and sort of appease the ghost so that she lets them all go. So she, the reason she's all like vengefully is because her son was adopted by her sister against her will, but then when they were travelling in a carriage it got stuck in some mud and sank and they didn't try and save him, they just left him in the carriage to drown. And they got out. Blink. Yeah. So um, he thinks that it'll appease the ghost if he goes and gets the body. I do remember this bit, yeah. And buries it on, like, consecrated ground. Buries him with his mother. Yeah. So he does it, and he thinks he's sorted it, and he goes and meets his, his son and the nanny. Oh, his wife's dead, by the way. Died in childbirth. Um, mm. Goes and meets the son and the nanny at the train station, and... Um, the he's talking to like the conductor he's like nope we're going straight back on a train we're not staying here he goes to see about getting like a return train and his son starts walking towards the edge of the platform and then jumps down as a train's coming so he jumps in front of the train Mm -hmm. to save his son Mm -hmm. and you think oh no they've been hit and then there's like a shot of them crouching at the far side of the bit of the tracks unmangled Mm -hmm. so you think oh no he's managed to save him and then like (sighs) He turns around and the milk, the world goes all that milky white like it always does in Silent Hill when it's like dead world. <laughs> and then his wife's there. So they've just both fucking died. Oh, shit. So the woman in black's still rampaging around. Is there a sequel of this? I think there might be, actually. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed it on rewatch. Cool. Nice. I, I will say that with the caveat that I am very forgiving of horror movies. Yes, you are. You are, yeah, but that's okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah back to mm-hmm. Angel of Death. Wow. <laughs> nice. I took it to a whole new level. Yeah. It's about evacuees during World War Two. Oh. Fine. Anyway, yeah, that's me. That's all I watched on my own. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I've watched some bits go. of my own if you want me to do those. Yeah, go for it. Is that right, Ian? No, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Great, can I, can I ask a question before I decide whether to go and make myself a cup of tea? What? Is it all shite? No. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> because you, you promised that you would try and be better last week on oh, that's why you sabotaged the show <laughs> that's where it went <laughs> because you promised to stop watching crap but to you know prove myself I can, I can see it was Mark all along it wasn't anything to do with Ian <laughs> yeah Mark did it I'm about to prove myself I'm about to make you look egg on your face well, is I, about to exist I can literally see on your iPad what the first one is Mark no you can't I watched Cabin Boy. Go on. I rewatched Not Another Teen Movie. Fucking idiot. It's got Captain uh, America get, in get, it. Get a cup of tea, Bex. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a lot, a lot nastier than I remember it being. They're all just nasty, mean-spirited, aren't they? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's quite... I had enough fun with it, though. It's kind of fun. It is funny, but it is very nasty. 
And we now live in a world where these type of movies cannot be made. Mm. <laughs> like, it's probably a good thing. At all. And maybe is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, that's I watched not another team movie. I also watched Horrible Bosses. What? What? You did not understand the assignment, did you, Mark? In the bit that we've watched, where we watched some movies, we watched some good movies, didn't we? Yeah, you're not allowed to watch good movies on your own, really. No, I'm not. I have to watch things like Horrible Bosses. (laughs) Which I still maintain, there is a strong chance that Colin Farrell should have got an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for Horrible Bosses. (laughs) Because he's fucking brilliant in it. Yeah, the bit where he, he literally wants to fire a a guy in a wheelchair because he gives him the creeps. It's just brilliant. I remember that being a really horrible, another horrible mean-spirited film. It is quite mean-spirited, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Um... <coughs> Sorry. I also rewatched on my own, uh, The Breakfast Club. Because I've not watched it in, a, in, in quite a while. Um, and it, it, it seems to be one of those movies that, like, 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 25 years ago, it was regarded as a bit of a, you know, a becoming a classic and then a classic of the genre and then a classic and now you've got to criticise it because you've got to look at it through 2022 eyes. Mm. So I wanted to rewatch it to see because I'd been quite critical of that idea about it. Yeah, is the well you're judging something where the world was completely different, and yes, you can criticize um, Sixteen Candles for Long Duck Dong. You can do that. Yeah, that was wrong at the time and is still wrong now. But it's like the whole Breakfast at Tiffany's thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, but there's an element of Breakfast Club of you're missing the point if you are in your mid-thirties and you're criticising the way that teenagers are supposed to act because they're supposed to make stupid decisions mm. and they're supposed to have lax emotions because they're teenagers. So I want to rewatch it to see if I was actually talking complete, total fucking bollocks when I say that. Turns out I'm not, as usual. <laughs> Turns out, as usual, I'm right. Um... Yeah, it still holds up. It's still really, really good, really entertaining, really enjoyable. The characters feel, they feel like you you know them. Like idiot kids. Yeah, like idiot kids. But as well, the when you get to like the, the emotional core bit where it, essentially it's a big, it, it's, it, it's literally five people sat in a room having a conversation yeah. about, you know, what, why their lives don't have as much meaning as they think they do and why they all have different problems. And the, the emotional beats of that still fucking make sense to it. It's um, it's one of those where I think it's you can see why it still resonates with younger generations and then seems to stop resonating with people who watched who were watching it in their... 30s and 40s yeah who were the age of you know the fucking the principal <laughs> within it uh, and are looking at it completely the, the, the wrong way mm. um, but yeah it still very much holds up it's 
it has a few moments that are a little bit, you know, there's a, there's a lot of use of the word fag in it, as there was in a lot of 80s movies for some reason. And do you know what? Still is within, but, within a certain age group. But yeah, but the thing is, it's it's never like it's glorified, is it? The people using it are stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's the fair enough. And yes, the ending where um, Ali Sheedy has a makeover and it's that's what makes her better, better person is a little bit tone deaf. Yeah, and I can see why. I, I can agree. Yes, that is a little bit fuck off. Um, but I think I thought that at the time, like that ah, fuck off. Then they're getting the girl after essentially harassing her all day. Happy with that? No, it kind of makes sense. Girls like dickheads? Yeah, a little bit. I love you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there is that. You, you know, you, you can watch it and, and get that certain amount from it and it still does fucking resonate. No. Yeah. I thought it's a great film, yeah. I just, I think it's one of those that's of its time. I think going back and looking at these films and finding modern day problems with... Mm. With films were not that were not made within this society, mm. it's just a bit like, yeah, you wouldn't say that now, but it wasn't now. Yeah, there is an element of that, and I think you can say that without it being, oh, they were from a different time; they were allowed to call people that. No, 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 <laughs> still fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, just the sentiments of it all, I think, mm. are different. So yeah, really good. Should we do hours, or do you want to do you want to talk for a bit, Ian? <laughs> Oh, never mind. No, I crack on. Uh, so we did, we rewatched one after criticising Mark. When did I criticise you? When you called me an idiot. Oh, I do that all the time. Um, so, yeah, well, there's not really an awful lot to say about this one. We've watched it a lot and we've talked about it many, many times. We rewatched Urban Legend. Um, mm, mm, mm. As we do probably about once every six months or so. Because you quite like it, don't you, Becky? I do quite like I, it. I do seem to remember you guys talking about this not that long ago. <laughs> I mean, carry on. I mean, like, Urban Legends are a cracker. No, I, I think the whole concept of Urban Legends, like the stories themselves are always quite like, they're, they're campfire stories, aren't they? And as such, they're quite they're quite fun and creepy. Um, but then you, you take a bunch of them and put them in a movie with a fairly fun cast. Yep. Um, and a bit of a Hollywood gloss and you get Urban Legend. Yep. Yeah. We also rewatched American Pie. We did rewatch American Pie. We watched Pie. two Tara Reid movies. We did. Oh, maybe we should do a marathon. Maybe we should watch that one where she's like a paleontologist or a nuclear physicist or whatever she is. Me and Ian watched that. Alone in the Dark. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Me and Ian watched that last year. Why did I not watch it? I can't remember why you didn't watch it. There's a reason why you didn't watch it. Oh, that's a shame. I like Alone in the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of that... No, you did watch it. It's just part of that video games episode we did. It might not have been last year. It might be the year before. It was a COVID episode. Oh, okay. I think it, I, I think it was... Yeah, I think it was dark COVID days <laughs> material. <laughs> that. Uh, American Pie is American Pie. The older I get, the less I appreciate it. See, I still appreciate it. It's, it's fun. It's just gross. Like. It is a bit grim, but it's fun and it's funny. The bit where, oh god, the bit where he drinks the the pale ale. It's it's the reaction oh. he has of realizing yeah. of Sean William Scott does some great acting of realizing what he's drank. 
the thing is, the film itself, the the the, the content, I appreciate less as I get older. But the performances are actually all pretty good. Mm. Um, they're all very, very believable as real idiot kids. <laughs> so yeah. 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 We also watched some good films, didn't we? Yeah. So oh, we American re- Pie's all right. American Pie's great. Yeah. Um, we rewatched the witch, didn't we? We did. Because because <laughs> after the Northman, and we said it on the show, we must have got it wrong. Yeah. Because the Northman was that good, and everybody, we, there are lots of people of opinions that I respect really liked the witch. What did we miss? Mm. Because we just we outright both hated it, didn't we? Really did, it was yeah. in my bottom ten of that year. Yeah, guys, we're holding our hands up. Yeah, we were idiots. We were wrong. <laughs> we were really, really fucking wrong. Hell yeah! Really fucking enjoyed it on rewatch. It's brilliant. It's really good. Yeah. It's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. It's really creepy. It's icky. It's. It's there's a there's a there's a kind of. Um, Anxiety to it, but I don't mean anxiety. But there's like a anxiety, but I get a decent enough word. But like it, it, it makes you feel her frustration and fear at not being believed as well, really well. Yep. Yeah, and then it 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 decides to have a batshit ending, but makes it fucking work. Yeah, it really does. yeah. 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 For some reason, like I I remember them like like the goat talking. I thought the goat spoke. But he doesn't. He just turns into someone who really likes butter. <laughs> but, but, but that was one of the reasons I hated it. But I don't know where I've got that from. Nope. Yeah, we were idiots. Yeah. What about the fact the fucking thing's not in black and white? Yeah, blew my mind that it's not in black and white. <laughs> I still think it might be. It, it really isn't. I, I think it is. No. I think it probably is. No, it's not. The next one. Well, for all we know now, that might be in colour. <laughs> Technicolor, with the boss style. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's really fucking good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I think it does some good kind of telling off of like piousness and shit as well. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that they they, they all end up fucking dead. And I tell Joy just go there to join her coven. Yeah, living her best life. At the end. Yeah. World song. Yeah. In the sky. Walking around for is it just floating around. Those fucking witch. twins are creepy as hell though. Yeah, those fucking twins are fucking weird. Yeah. I, I, I fucking love the scene of Kate Dickey like fucking breastfeeding the crow. crow the baby and then it just cuts to the fucking crow pecking, pecking at, at her. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking horrific. Yeah. yeah. I, I I read a story that Robert Eggers um, sent her a Christmas card with that image on it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, which, for anyone who follows like Kate Dickey on any social media, will know that she will have found that hilarious. <laughs> oh, good on she has, her. Right. Her Twitter game is strong. It is just pictures of her like in shop windows and stuff like that but just of whatever shoes she's wearing <laughs> oh fair yeah no uh, yeah fucking great looking forward to watching the lighthouse aren't we yes yeah. but we we've decided to spread them out rather than try to do them all like 
back to back because then it gives you the atmosphere a little bit more time to breathe. Yeah. Um, and then we got round to we we thought we'd do another set in the same kind of vibe, very atmospheric, psychological, horror-y, didn't we? Yeah, it's been uh, a good week for horror. Yeah. So we watched Antlers. Had you seen this no. yet? I can't remember. No, we hadn't. No, okay, cool. The first All watch. right, yeah. Um, I, I really liked this. Yeah, it was very good. Very good. Um, mm. It's... It's a very bleak movie. It's just incredibly (laughs) just bleak. And Scott Cooper's very good at doing this kind of movie. Of just going, there's no there's no happy ending towards any of this. Um, There's no this isn't one of those everything will be sunny at the end kind of films. You know at the end of it, it's just going to be more bleakness. But the having it set where it's set, um, where it, it's, just, it's a town that is just dying. Yeah. Um, the kid basically explaining what's happened in the form of that fucking short story that is drawn. is fucking haunting. Yeah. Uh, but then great creature design as well. Really good creature design. And I think, like I said to you, didn't I, when we watched it, something like this, where they're going to, where, where it's a monster one, they either have to not show it and show flashes of it, or show it and it'd be good, otherwise it kills the film. Yeah. And it's it's really good, fucking terrifying design. The bit where he's still got his dad's, like, it's still got his dad's face just hanging off it. Yeah. That's great. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. the thing is, that could have looked... Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Scott Cooper very much... He knows how to set atmosphere. Because mm. it, it, story-wise, it's quite a... You know, it's not subtle in what it's doing. No. In, in any way. But I kind of don't think it needs to be because it's, like, 95 minutes long. And it, it, it's just basically, it's basically a fable of trauma. Did it, did I remember, do I remember reading, or we watched the trailer, didn't we? Before we watched it, to mm. see if I wanted to watch it. Did, did I see something in there about Guillermo del Toro being involved? He was in one of the producers, yeah. He, yeah, he produced it. It's got, it's got a look of a del Toro. The monsters and stuff. The monsters do, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, as well, sometimes these kind of, let's be honest, very low, mid-budget um, sort of horror films could often they could often look a little bit too shiny. Yeah. A little bit like they don't they don't carry the bleakness uh, of what they're doing or anything like that. Mm. They look a little bit because they're trying to look expensive. Yeah, whereas this, it looks like a proper film. It's Mm. well lit, the sound design is fantastic. It's just a a well-made movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, With, you know, really good performances. Yeah. It's it's weird, because I remember at the time, um, people were kind of criticising it, going like, oh, it's like Scott Cooper's talking down to genre fans with this. Like, he's made a horror film because it was the only way he was going to, like, get this film made we had to make it a horror film it's like no 
Like, it, it feels like Scott Cooper's taking the genre very fucking seriously. And he's not fucking about with the film. Like, it, the fact it's a 15 is yeah kind of insane to yeah, me. It's... Because it is... You know, you've got nastiness, but it's also just incredibly fucking bleak. Like you said, just the whole atmosphere of that town. Mm. like And the hopelessness of the film. It It's... Like, it feels like a film that, like, if I watched it when I was 15, like, if this came out in, like, the late 90s and I watched this, it would fucking stay with me. Mm. Um, and, yeah, the, I, I was very, very surprised this was a 15. It was, like, it was around the time that this was a 15 and Last Night in Soho was an 18. It was like, yeah, just go ahead and swap those ratings around. Yeah. It's, it's an odd... He's having an... Odd career is Scott Cooper. He is. You know, he's doing a... He's got another one coming out, I think, later on this year. Yeah. It's a Netflix one uh, that he's doing. In 1830, a veteran detective, uh, Augustus Lando, investigates series of murders in the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York. He's aided by Edgar Allan Poe. A young cadet at the academy. What? <laughs> that sounds alright, yeah. that. Uh, Harry Melling is playing Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, shit. And Christian <laughs> Bale is playing Augustus Lander. Uh, and it's a Netflix film. It's a Netflix film. film. Cool. You've also got Gillian Anderson. Uh, nice. Lucy Boynton. Um, Charlotte Gainsborough. Toby Jones, Timothy Spall, and yeah, it's our boy Fred Hetchinger is in it as well. Oh shit! And Robert Duval. Well, he's going to be the killer, isn't he? Yep, I am looking forward Fuck. to that. That sounds great. What's it called? Uh, it's called The Pale Blue Eye. The Pale Blue Eye. Yep. That's a, like, you know, fucking hell. That feels like one that, given Netflix's results a couple weeks back, won't be getting greenlit again anytime soon. But go on, then. The Pale Blue Eye, Scott Cooper, Edgar Allan Poe. Fuck. Yep. Very much, I'm very much looking forward to that. It sounds fucking great. <laughs> yes, that, that was us. Yeah, been a strong week, actually. Oh. Ending on a fucking high there. My word. Right. So, uh, yeah, I've got, got a fair bit. So, um, I rewatched randomly because I had 3090 in my head. I watched Tick, Tick, Boom again. Oh, yeah. Um, just had that in my head and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Tick, Tick, Boom again. Uh, you know, obviously it was very, very high up in my... Um, uh, end of year list last year and it would very much remain there um we, you know we talked about it in the recent past so I won't bore on about it but it just it's it's very very good and I'm looking forward to Lin-Manuel Miranda directing again I thought he got some terrific performances out of his cast and the dude's got a fucking eye as well as an ear so yeah great stuff um I watched um just again, kind of randomly on Netflix. Um, I, I, I did 
there's a, just a few kind of like random fuck it that's on Netflix I'm a watch it films this week nice which considering I, I, I literally think in the episode that will that was eaten I said I'm barely watching Netflix anymore I watched four films on Netflix this week <laughs> um so uh Ocean's 12 um so I think I watched Ocean's 13 like last year or the year before um and Ocean's 12 is a film which it actually is the first film I ever watched with Donna. Um, so it, it, it kind of remains notable for me for, uh, for that. Um, and I remember not liking it. And, you know, it, the, the reception of Ocean's 12 was very, oh, well, this is very pleased with itself. Mm. And I watch it now and it's like, yeah, it is really pleased with itself. And I don't know why that's a bad thing because these are cool Hollywood people being cool and Hollywood, but Steven Soderbergh just having an awful lot of fun with, um, with cool people doing some mad shit with his camera and just being a kind of like a light and frothy film, which given its setting appropriately has a more kind of European feel to it than the glitzy first one. It's, Ocean's um, 12's good, it's just not as good as Ocean's 11. <laughs> no, but it it, it it doesn't have that clockwork nature that Ocean's 11 mm. does. It is more free-flowing and there's kind of like, just like multiple bits happening all at the same time. Um, but it's a damn sight better than Ocean's 13. Ocean's 13 does feel feel like cashing in some fucking paychecks um mm. yeah, yeah this this sure. o- oceans 12 is interesting um and just the credit at the end introducing tess as julia roberts that's funny um it's fucking mad that they actually did that just the way that like they kind of build it up through the film of like, don't you think she looks like, don't ever say that to her. But, <laughs> you know, she really does, don't ever say that. And then, you know, they, they, they pull that out and it's just like, yeah, all right, fine. That's fucking mad and a bit too fourth wall breaking, but go ahead, do it. Uh, yeah, fun. Um, so after that, I was like, well, I'm in a heisty kind of mood now. So... What can I watch? Oh, here's something I've been meaning to rewatch for ages, but haven't. Gone in 60 oh, seconds. Fuck yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you watched Gone in 60 seconds? Uh, about a, probably not Probably not that long ago. I could probably find it on Letterboxd and tell you, to be honest. I reckon right, it would be okay, last year, so you start talking and I'll find it. <laughs> fair enough. I thought you were going to say probably yeah, last week might for not, a second. It might there, be but, last week. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, 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 I actually wasn't as into it as um as I thought I was going to be. If I'm absolutely honest, it it spends a obviously because the plot of the film where they got to steal a shitload. Never, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, um, it spends a lot of time on just individual bits of them getting the cars. And I understand because they've got to steal a shitload of cars in not a lot of time. But it's like Christopher... The, the ticking clock threat of Christopher Eccleston 
feels weirdly just not there. Like, it's constantly, there's like a countdown of how long they've got to go. But Christopher Eccleston basically only turns up in two sequences, which is the bit where it it sets up his plot. And to be fair, Giovanni Ribisi made his bed. He can fucking lie in it. I don't know why Nicolas Cage is getting called, called into it. He's fucking retired. Your kid brother's being a dick and has got into trouble with a bad guy. Yeah. Don't see why that's my problem. Um, bit harsh, but fuck it. And then Christopher Eccleston turns up at the end and like has a bit of a fight with Nicolas Cage, but not much of one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, it's very much a piece of its time. It's just got so many fucking music cues in it <laughs> that, uh, and like really of its time music cues. Um, but that it just it it's fucking nuts. It's quite long as well. I mean, it is broaching two hours, and it, it, I, yeah, it's look, it's I really, really liked it back in the day. Um, you know, I was like fifteen, sixteen when this came out, so I was like right in the wheelhouse. Um, but not so much at this point. You know, of of that period, Nick Cage, there is a lot better, I think. But hey. Um, I like the fact that it's Wikipedia. I like the fact um, it's Wikipedia page literally has the fifty cars listed <laughs> and what their code names are. Oh god, of course it does. Um, oh dear. Um, I like the fact that someone's taken the time oh, to shit. do this. <laughs> Super fan. Um, I rewatched Hail Caesar. Um. Because it was on Netflix. I really like Hail Caesar. I think it's kind of low-key a bit of an underrated Coen Brothers. You're a big fan as well, aren't you? Um, yeah, I really like it, yeah. It, it, it just like, it, it's basically them doing some big classical Hollywood numbers, but then also having one of their kind of like classic man in a bit of a pickle and has to make a decision kind of narratives. Um, But it's basically just him being very good at his job and having to decide whether it's the kind of like job that he wants to do in the future. And I, I, I I like, sorry, the dogs just entered the room. Um, I like the whole nature of Hollywood's frivolous, but yeah, it's like, it's my kind of frivolous. Yeah, yeah, all right, we're not changing the world, but I enjoy this shit, you know, which is liking films. You know, like, it's if you're not going to watch films to enjoy them, what the fuck are you doing? And, you know, if you're not going to work in the film industry to enjoy it, what the fuck are you doing? So, I, um, yeah, I, I really like Hail Caesar, George Clooney is like his whole fucking plot of just like like bit uh, 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 kind of sacrificing himself to communism, but then at the end, like literally, he's snapped out of communism by Josh Brolin just slapping him about. <laughs> I, I just, like I don't, I don't I think there's just something really funny about that for all like the intellectual discussions he has with these with with these communists. 
it's then Josh Brolin going like, look, the studio's treated you very well. I don't want you saying any bad things about Mr. Whatever his name is. Like, it just fucking slaps him about. And he's like, all right, Eddie, I, I, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I won't. You know, and that's the end of George Clooney's arc. Like, <laughs> and, but then he gives like a really, really fucking good performance in the bit that he's shooting. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just find that very funny. Um, but then you got Jack- Channing Tatum doing a fucking dance sequence it's as well. really you know, dance sequence not? as well. Uh, yeah yeah it feels really classical it's it's the coens like just having fun but i think sometimes people don't want the coen brothers to have fun i and then they're like but fuck it we're gonna have fun i like the coen brothers fun movies more than i like their serious movies though but yeah but i mean this is the thing it's like burn after reading comes out after no country for old men i think literally the year Mm. after and people are like, what the fuck was and that? the same thing with uh, Lebowski after Fargo. Yeah. You know, that was like, Fargo won Academy Awards. And then their film they made after it was Lebowski. And people hated it at the time. Yeah. People despised it. It was a bomb when it came out. It got terrible reviews and nobody went to see it. Which is nuts. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. I um, I like the fact. I that hope they work together. Alden Einrich's uh, making a comeback next year. <laughs> what did you just call him? Alden Einrich, isn't it? Alden Ehrenreich. Same guy. Yeah, him as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's making a comeback next year. We've got two movies out next year. Hasn't made a movie since Solo. In 2018. No, because he's um, he's in Oppenheimer, isn't he? What are you thinking of? What is, I, I didn't hear you there, bud. Um, he's in Oppenheimer. Yeah, he's in Oppenheimer and he's in uh, Elizabeth Banks' Cocaine Bear. And that maybe she's making up that bear that got That's went right. on a rampage when he was high as fuck on cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, he's in that. I can't fucking believe Elizabeth Banks is making that. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a fucking good cast as well. <laughs> just, just the fact it's literally called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, oh, wowee. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Hell Caesar is great. Um, couple of us, I rewatched Kung Fu Hustle. All right. Um, so they, um, Stephen Chow or whoever announced Kung Fu Hustle 2 is coming uh, last week. Um, and th- again, this was on Netflix. Um, there's a character in this th- film that has not aged well at all. Um, the camp one, who they keep on calling Fairy. And he literally flounces and runs away on multiple occasions. Uh, rough. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Aside from that, um, it's interesting because like Stephen Charles' character is basically a dickhead until his chi gets realigned and then he becomes a hero, and like that appears to be his narrative arc. Um, it's a live action cartoon, mm. like it's it's fucking ridiculous. It's flimsy, but there's just some fun mad shit to it. There's a bunch of shit in it I don't really care for, but it you kind of get over that because it when it's fun, it's really, really fun. 
that and that's Kung Fu Hustle. It feels like that and Shaolin Soccer feel like films that have basically been a bit forgotten mm. now. But th- they were a big deal. And just like the fact that um, Stephen Chow's first action in this film is to burst a football and say no more soccer uh, is, I don't know, that's some good fucking ballsy you people know who I am shit and I respect that. Um, so yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. And the last one is, um, so I almost watched the Showgirls documentary You Don't Know Me on movie last night, but I didn't. Instead, I caught up with The Souvenir Part 2. So, uh, this is the sequel to The Souvenir, uh, Joanna Hogg's film from a few years back, where Tilda Swinton's daughter, Anna Swinton Byrne, falls in love with a guy who works for the Foreign Office, played by Tom Burke, who turns out to be a drug dealer. Um... The souvenir part. Do you guys care about kind of like spoilers for the souvenir? No, I'll spoil it, mate. I will, I, I will watch it. But I'm, I don't okay. care about spoilers for it. Okay, so the souvenir part two it is basically dealing with the aftermath of uh, his death from an overdose, um, where uh, it, it appears to be very shortly after as well. Like literally, she goes to stay with her parents following it. Um, and then follows her in film school where she decides to turn her attention away from uh, the, the the project that she was working on to instead basically essentially film the souvenir, but as her student film. All right. Um it is very odd where and it, like this is kind of like semi autobiographical like joanna hogg like coming up through film school and whatnot but it is her cast like casting people like her character in the film casting people to play her and her dead ex-boyfriend um shooting in what is essentially the same set as like from the first film um and then the actors like the 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 girl who plays her is questioning the decisions and going like but I don't understand why you would do that or why you would feel like that and it's the character basically having to express but this is what happened i am me i know how this felt and like the whole like the kind of how it's difficult to empathize with people but where the filmmaker joanna hogg is making a film about her filming an experience she had and other people telling her fictional self how they don't believe her character's motivations. Hmm. And I found it f- fucking fascinating. <laughs> I I I like I I admired the souvenir more than I particularly liked it. This is just this like bizarre semi-meta remake slash autobiographical film slash 
continuation of a fictional story based on her. Um, and it's not nearly as up its ass as it sounds it is, because it kind of sounds like it is. Yeah, it, it, sound, it, it sounds feels... insufferable. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but it, it felt really natural. And you're just watching this woman trying to work through her grief and being told by people why they feel her feelings in that grief are invalid. Really interesting bit of work. What, what did you watch on, by the way? An absolute fucking uh, movie. Um, and then just a fucking belter of a last shot, which I won't spoil, but I really enjoyed and absolutely cemented what they were going for with this. But it's it's weird because it's like you don't need you don't really need to have watched the souvenir to watch the souvenir part two and there's a part of me that thinks it would be interesting if i could wipe my mind to watch the souvenir part two and not watch the souvenir and see how i react to it because i don't remember all that much about the souvenir other than the kind of like the main plot thrust of the film but then this you could just take it as a film about a woman making a film about a past relationship that she had and and, and just not even consider the first one. It, I, th- I thought it was always odd that Joanna Hogg announced that she was doing a second part to The Souvenir. But it's a really interesting bit of work. Um, and it... it it kind of disappeared last year. It was in an unfortunate time where COVID was kind of swirling about again and, you know, things weren't shutting down, but everyone was a bit like, is something going to happen here? And it it kind of got subsumed. It it didn't get nominated for any BAFTAs. Um, You know, it, it just kind of disappeared. And I'm actually really disappointed that it did. I, I, I think it's one of the... It's definitely, for me, Joanna Hogg's most successful film for me. I I find her relatively difficult to get on with. but And there are moments in this where it is just like, right, are you trying to make a wanky student film or are you making a wanky student film? Because you're making a wanky student film in some aspects of this, which I wasn't entirely sure of. But I, I, I thought that for the vast majority of it, worked really well and Richard Ayoade is in it playing a film director who is just the biggest dickhead and he's great um he he gets this like one scene in particular where he's chewing out his editor and it's fucking great um so yeah the souvenir part two um I enjoyed it more than I thought I, I I enjoyed it I didn't enjoy the souvenir so there you go it's on movie it's uh, really worth your time uh, that is me Mark over to Twitter Ooh, right let's have a look so I asked the question um, in kind of like because uh, we were watching the the Downton um, inspired by Mark and Ian watching Downton Abbey uh, for the first time which film character would you have as your butler I did preface that and you can't say Alfred. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> you want the robots from the original cut of Rocky Farr. 
I do. It's a really freaking good answer. <laughs> Thank you. Rickkin responded with the Terminator from T2. Obedient, efficient, learns, able to carry everyone's bags and would be ideal for dealing with unwanted guests. It's another really good answer, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Um, Mike of Chinstrock versus Punter says, Gail Good from, from Arthur. Arthur. Have you got on backs? I don't know. Why? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, can I have what's his name from um, Mr. Deeds? What? Doesn't have to be a butler, you know. I want it to be John Tutterer. You want it to be John Tutterer, the one who's got a weird obsession with feet and he's very sneaky. He's very sneaky. From Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Jones, Cockman from Transformers 5. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you have one? Uh, who would be my butler? It's probably going to be like Paulie Shaw from Son in Law. Why? Just, why not? I'm a butler, I'm a fun butler. I was thinking, what's his name from Hot Tub Time Machine? would be good. He'd keep you grounded. Which one? Um, Craig Robinson? No. The really nasty one. The toxic piece of shit. <laughs> um, Rob Corddry? Yeah. That'd be good. Won't let you get too inflated a sense of self. He he makes um, what's his name, the young one. Fucking hell, what's his name? Oh, fucking Clark Duke. Clark Duke. Yeah, he makes Clark Duke his butler in the sequel, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but Clark Duke hasn't realised that he's his butler. No. Hot Tub Savage Two is a good film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cough a little bit. Uh, <coughs> yeah, whatever, right. Right, so we do have some questions. Uh, Andrew Jones. Audiences are onto multiverses, said one box office tweet after everything all at once. Um, zero percent box office drop happened. What films would you want to multiverse and what does that mean? Um, I don't know why, but the first thing that came to my head was Wayne's World. You could have Mike Myers playing multiple, slightly different versions of Wayne and, and Dana Carvey doing Garth. I feel like they both enjoy that. You could have... Because there, there is hints of Wayne that and Garth at, at both the ends of both Wayne's worlds. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, yeah, I'm going to go full tilt with that. Wayne's World 3, Wayne's Multi-Worlds. Wayne's World... Way oh fuck, that's way cleaner. Now that's kind of spun me out that question. I want a multiverse of all the John Carpenter movies. I mean, that sounds like something you don't want to wish into existence, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be directed by John Carpenter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it to be directed. So what? Like... I know it's by the Russo brothers. <laughs> 
It's like what? So like a film where like the thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness are all happening in the same fucking universe. Uh, as yeah, into each as other. literally like Big Trouble in Little China Ugh. two happens, and it and accidentally Egg Chen opens up a multiverse. And it's all the fucking different fucking Jack Burton ends up in like the fucking thing. <laughs> and then he ends up Does he meet okay, does he meet his so, character the thing? Yeah. And, and, just do the and then thing. ends up in, in like fucking escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, so you could have what? Like so Sam Neill yep. from In the Mouth of Madness. Kurt Russell from The Thing Escape from New York. A big trouble in Little China. Yep. Um, Rowdy, Ro- uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. From They Live. Yeah. Yep. All teaming up to go against the thing. The, Satan in a jar. The fog. And like fucking Cthulhu or whatever the fuck it is in In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, and Lopan. <laughs> and Lopan. I mean, I'd watch it. I wouldn't want to be in that. If I was in that fucking, to be fair, if I was in a world that involved In the Mouth of Madness or Prince of Darkness in any fucking way, I would kill myself on the spot. <laughs> Chevy Chase's Invisible Man just keeps on turning up. <laughs> Hi, guys. Can I help? No. Oh, uh, why? <laughs> why that thing? That does sound good. Yeah. Up Straight up, if anybody asked me, do you read Sutter Kane, I would set myself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need... Talk about films you watch when you're 15 that stay with you. In the Mouth of Madness, Jesus Christ. I haven't watched that in a long time. I need to rewatch that, I think. I haven't watched it in a good 10 years. Again, just like in terms of like hopelessness, that's a film. Mm. Yeah, I think I might rewatch that this week. Have you ever seen The Mouth of Madness Bex? No. Have you not? I'm sure I've watched that. Fuck off! Fuck off! I'm sure I've watched In The Mouth of Madness before. Right, Becky, like, sit. Really? Oh, Be- Becky, like, prepare to to have a new favourite film of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, if you've honestly never seen In the Mouth of Madness, go in cold. I mean, like, I'm tempted to say watch it tonight. I'm, I'm tempted to say I think we're going <laughs> to. Cool. Like, straight up, if you do, just give me, some, give me WhatsApp updates. Like, that plot of that film is... So fucking Becky. All right, we'll do that tonight then. Like Mark, you know what I oh, mean. Yes. You know what you know. Like, I, just, I can't. I don't understand how we've how I we've never watched it. But... Ne- no, just um, just sound like a gap. Yeah, yeah, we're watching that tonight. Okay. Nice. That's that sorted. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to have, have an hour long discussion. No doubt, we don't have to flick through fifteen different streaming services going. Why is it all the same eight films? <laughs> oh, just just go in knowing nothing. Oh, I can't wait for you. You are going to have so much fun with that fucking film. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, our next question, Rick Kidd. 
been watching a number of Vincent Price films lately. He had an iconic voice. So my question this week is, who had the best, most distinctive voice in films? I mean, there's a right answer for this, and it's Morgan Freeman. There's a lot. I think there's a few right yeah, answers. Yeah, there is, yeah. You got Peter Laurie. Yes. Um, I think you've got to have people like it's the first one that comes Christian to Slater in there. But I don't think it's as much a distinct voice as literally a Accent. distinct voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what's his name? Fucking hell. Um, from the Mask and the Usual Suspects. Peter Green, is it? Oh, that's a cool yeah. choice. Peter Green uh, and Michael Winnicott. I, yeah, I always got those two confused. Yeah. Peter Green and Michael Winnicott. Peter Green's a good shout. A, a good shout. Yeah. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. I mean, P- Pacino <laughs> is... P- no, P- P- Pacino when he got sober. <laughs> Just Pacino in yeah. heat. You know, I know we talked about E not long ago, but my fucking God. He's doing so much work in that fucking (laughs) film when he's just just like the whole him saying that he just imagined his character was constantly chipping cocaine. It's like, oh, yeah, really? Well, you couldn't tell that at all. (laughs) You've drawn on something there, haven't you? (laughs) Fucking hell, man. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. I can't, I can't get over the fact that Becky's never seen in the mouth of madness. I'm sorry. It's just, it's like literally Becky. If you were a stick of rock and like we broke you, I feel like that film would be running through the middle of you. Uh, that is going to be a good watch tonight. Actually, that I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It's just Mark. It's so extremely her shit. I can't even. I'm baffled like, as to how you how we've never watched that. Yeah, I'm sure we have. I've forgotten it. No, I don't think we have. I think I'd remember. I think you would actually. Yeah, that's just a gap. That is. Yeah. I apologise. I think. For yeah. That. You should. I mean, like, so, like, do do you read Sutter Kane? Doesn't mean anything no. to you, no. It will do after tonight, though. Know your propensity to like John Carpenter movies and you really like Sam Neill. Yeah. As well. I'm excited. Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, that was it for questions this week. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What are we covering next week? Good job, guys. Right. Oh, I'm fucking excited. The more... I the more mixed word I hear on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the more excited do, I do get. You know what, what's made me really excited what? for it? And there's a genuine mm. thing I'm not I'm not being taking the piss. It's two hours six minutes, mm. which means it's going to be under two hours Before with credits. credits. Yeah, it feels like a while since we've had a Marvel movie I, that's mm, done that. Mm. It. It sounds like the end end credits is worth waiting around for. I will happily do that. Which is yep. great. Is it on YouTube? Um, <laughs> it is. People seem to be saying, 
oh, it's not really pushing the MCU forward and it's just Sam Raimi kind of doing his thing and, you know, and he's yeah. like, well, that sounds fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm all right with that. So, we we, we shall see. Excited. Um, yeah, I don't think anything's out on, like, streaming or anything this week. I don't think anything's trying to go up against that, is it? No, yeah, quite. So, uh, that's good. Uh, the week after is going to be fucking fascinating. Finally, we can have an opinion on everything everywhere all at once. And Firestarter, <laughs> which, uh, like, Donna is like, I will watch that. Nice. So I'm really looking forward to watching that with nice. her. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got we got a good couple of weeks coming up, folks. So uh, stay tuned. Um, so... Um, I did all the preamble. I want these two to watch In the Mouth of Madness now. So I'm just going to say thank you very much, Thank Mark. you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, thank Becky. You. And uh, remember, guys, if you can't hear your butler, it's because he's off fucking Dominic West. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, just as a, as, a, as a quick Bye-bye. side note, before I want to go, because I'm being very, what is it? Here. The, this before our what's it what is it's go because I'm being very yep. what is it? You're, you're missing a couple of crucial things there, Mark. So, uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness is the shortest Marvel movie since The Incredible Hulk. Nope. Since Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh wow. Yep. No, that's that's the last one that was under two hours, and it was 118 minutes long. No. <laughs> I need to remember to see it in IMAX as well, because then I think I'll get the Avatar. Trailer. Oh yes, yes, the way of yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Right. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll what, what is it? Are about to what is it? So see ya. See you soon, man. <laughs>